Good evening. Tonight is February 13th, 2020, and this is the Walk with God podcast. My name is Caleb Aron. I'm your host. Tonight we're going to read from Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. Exodus, chapter 35, verses 10 through chapter 36, verse 38. Proverbs, chapter 9, verses 7 through 8. And Matthew, chapter 27, verses 32 through 66. My sincerest apologies for not uh, posting within the last couple of days. We've had some technical difficulties where I've had trouble uploading the uh, episodes and uploading the audio to the the website that distributes them to all the different platforms where you can find this podcast. But now I think and I hope that we've fixed that issue and we'll be able to keep getting you this episode, this Walk With God podcast each day. God bless you and thanks for listening. All right, we're going to start with Psalm 34 tonight. Psalm 34. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Tonight we're reading Psalm 34, verses 1 through 10. We're going to read Exodus chapter 35, verses 10 through 36. Uh, 35, 10 through 36, 8, Proverbs chapter 9, verses 7 through 8, and Matthew chapter 27, verses 32 through 66. So now we're going to turn to the book of Exodus, chapter 35. Book of Exodus, chapter 35. We're going to read from verse 10 through 36, 38. And every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded the tabernacle, his tent, and his covering, his tatches, and his boards, his bars, his pillars, and his sockets the ark and the staves thereof with the mercy seat and the veil of the covering, the table and his stays and all his vessels and the showbread, the candlestick also for the light and his furniture and his lamps with the oil for the light and the incense altar and his staves and the anointing oil and the sweet incense and the hanging for the door at the entering in of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with his brazen gate, his staves and all his vessels, the laver and his foot, the hangings of the court, his pillars and their sockets, and the hanging for the door of the court, the pins of the tabernacle, and the pins of the court, and their cords, the clothes of service, to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons, to minister in the priest's office. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses. And they came, every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation, and for all his service, and for his the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted, and brought bracelets, and earrings, and rings, and tablets, all jewels of gold. And every man that offered, offered an offering of the gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and red skins of, of rams and badger skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering, and every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. 
And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger's skins brought them. Every one that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering, and every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands, and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and spice, and oil for the light, and for the anointing oil, and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord, every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring for all the manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezaliel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah, Page, And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold, and in silver, and in brass, and in the cutting of stones, to set them, and in the carving of wood, to make a manner, any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach, both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahissamach of the tribe of Dan, them hath he filled with wisdom of heart, to work all manner of work, of the engraver, and of the cunning workman, and of the embroiderer, in blue and in purple, in scarlet, and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. Chapter 36 Then brought Bezaliel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man, in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding, to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezaliel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man, in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even every one whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of the sanctuary, to make it withal. And they brought yet unto him free offerings every morning. And all the wise men that wrought all the work of the sanctuary came, every man from his work which they made, And they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. And Moses gave commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman make any more work for the offering of the sanctuary. So the people were restrained from bringing, for the stuff they had was sufficient for all the work to make it, and too much. And every wise-hearted man among them that wrought the work of the tabernacle made ten curtains of fine twined linen, and blue and purple and scarlet, with cherubims of cunning work made he them. The length of one curtain was twenty and eight cubits, and the breadth of one curtain four cubits. The curtains were all of one size, and he coupled the five curtains one unto another, and the other five curtains he coupled one unto another. And he made loops of blue on the edge of one curtain from the self-edge in the coupling, Likewise he made in the uttermost side of another curtain in the coupling of the second. Fifty loops made he in one curtain, and fifty loops made he in the edge of the curtain which was in the coupling of the second. The loops held one curtain to another. And he made fifty tatches of gold, and coupled the curtains one unto another with the tatches, so it became one tabernacle. 
And he made curtains of goat's hair for the tent over the tabernacle. Eleven curtains made he them. The length of one curtain was thirty cubits, and four cubits was the breadth of one curtain. The eleven curtains were of one size. And he coupled five curtains by themselves, and six curtains by themselves. And he made fifty loops upon the uttermost edge of the curtain in the coupling, and fifty loops made he upon the edge of the curtain which coupleth the second. And he made fifty tashes of brass to couple the tent together, that it might be one. And he made a covering for the tent of ram skins dyed red, and a covering of badger's skins above that. And he made boards for the tabernacle of Shittim wood standing up. The length of a board was ten cubits, and the breadth of a board one cubit and a half. One board had two tenons, equally distant from one from another. Thus did he make for all the boards of the tabernacle. And he made boards for the tabernacle, twenty boards for the south side southward, and forty sockets of silver he made under the twenty boards, two, two sockets under one board for his two tenons, and two sockets under another board for his two tenons. And for the other side of the tabernacle, which is toward the north corner, he made twenty boards, and there forty sockets of silver, two sockets under one board, and two sockets under another board. And for the sides of the tabernacle westward he made six boards, and two boards made he, made he for the corners of the tabernacle in the two sides. And they were coupled beneath and coupled together at the head thereof to one ring. Thus he did to both of them in the both corners. And there were eight boards, and their sockets were sixteen sockets of silver, under every board two sockets. And he made bars of shittim wood, five for the boards of the one side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the other side of the tabernacle, and five bars for the boards of the tabernacle for the sides westward. And he made the middle bar to shoot through the boards from the one end to the other, and he overlaid the boards with gold, and made their rings of gold to be places for the bars, and overlaid the bars with gold. And he made a veil of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen, with cherubims made he it of cunning work. And he made thereunto four pillars of shittim wood, and overlaid them with gold. Their hooks were of gold, and he cast for them four sockets of silver. And he made an hanging for the tabernacle door of blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen of needlework, and the five pillars of it with their hooks. And he overlaid their chapiters and their fillets with gold, but their five sockets were of brass. <clears throat> Here we see in very... Uh, deep, intricate detail and in explanations, the creation of the tabernacle and all the materials that the tabernacle was made of and all the donations that were coming from the people of Israel. We see that everything was recorded and later we'll even see down to the very spoonful of spices that were donated, who they were donated from. And the Lord has been uh, kind and uh, honoring to those that have offered for his tabernacle and for his sanctuary in recording for all generations in his word that will never pass away. The people that have donated, the people that have offered and made an offering unto the Lord, and also the people that have worked and put forth their effort in serving and creating all these things for the Lord's sanctuary. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs chapter 9, we're going to read verses 7 and 8 tonight. He that reproveth a scorner getteth to himself shame, 
And he that rebuketh a wicked man getteth himself a blot. Reprove not a scorner, lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man, and he will love thee. Here we see that if you're going to re reprove or rebuke a scorner um, and a, a wicked man, then a scorner and a wicked man, they're going to turn around and they're going to rebuke you in turn. They're not going to listen to rebuke. And, and so we can also um, we can also learn who sometimes our friends really are in this and how good our friends maybe are sometimes and in how they respond to criticism and how they respond to maybe a reproof that is a good reproof that they need to hear, but at some times maybe they're just not willing to listen to it. At other times maybe they are willing to listen. So sometimes we need the wisdom of knowing when we should say anything and we should also be wise in how we say it. He that reproveth a scorner giveth to himself shame. So if somebody is a scorner, and they're just going to take your rebuke and post it all over social media, or they're going to take your words and twist them and lie about them and take them out of context and try to injure you with them, then it's going to bring either the appearance or the illusion of shame, or it's going to just bring unnecessary problems. And so I think the Lord is saying here, be wise in who you give a reproof to. Talk to wise people. It says, rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. So if you're using a, a wise rebuke and reproval of somebody that is wise and is going to listen to you, they're not only going to listen to you, they're going to, sometimes they're probably going to thank you for having the courage to tell them where they were wrong and how they can now improve their life or improve the lives of others by doing right. Now we're going to turn to the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 32 through 66 is what we're going to read. Verse 32 begins with, And as they came out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear his cross. And when they were come unto a place called Golgotha, that is to say, a place of a skull, they gave him vinegar to drink, mingled with gall. And when he had tasted thereof, he would not drink. And they crucified him and parted his garments, casting lots, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They parted my garments among them, and upon my vesture did they cast lots. And sitting down, they watched him there, and set up over his head his accusation written, This is Jesus, the King of the Jews. Then were there two thieves crucified with him, one on the right hand and another on the left. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, and saying, Thou that destroyest the temple, and buildest it in three days, save thyself. If thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise also the chief priests, mocking him with the scribes and elders, said, He saved others, himself he cannot save. If he be the King of Israel, let him now come down from the cross, and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now. If he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. The thieves also, which were crucified with him, cast the same in his teeth. Now from the sixth hour there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of them that stood there, when they heard that, said, This man calleth for Elias. 
And straightway one of them ran, and took a sponge, and filled it with vinegar, and put it on a reed, and gave him to drink. The rest said, Let be, let us see whether Elias will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielding up the ghost, yielded up the ghost. And behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent, and the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. Now when the centurion and they that were with him, watching Jesus, saw the earthquake, and those things that were done, they feared greatly, saying, Truly, this was the Son of God. And many women were there beholding afar off, which followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering unto him, among which was Mary Magdalene, and Mary the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of Zebedee's children. When the even was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea, named Joseph, who also himself was Jesus' disciple. He went to Pilate and begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn into out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher and departed. And there was Mary Magdalene and the other Mary sitting over against the sepulcher. Now the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver said, while he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. Command, therefore, that the sepulchre be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away, and say unto the people, He is risen from the dead, so the last error shall be worse than the first. Pilate said unto them, Ye have a watch. Go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulchre sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. Here we have the recording of the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, our Messiah, being nailed to a cross in between two thieves that were crucified on either side of him. And the pain and the torture of the cross is very, it's hard to describe because there's so much that is into that goes into the, the torture of dying on the cross. There, there is the immediate pain of having the spiked nails driven into the wrist bones. Now, if, if somebody was just, uh, if somebody had a spike driven into the hand itself and the, the metatarsals or metacarpals that are in the hand, the bones would, um, the amount of tendons and the amount of muscle tissue in the bone itself would not be able to hold the amount of weight of the human body for all of that time. And so most likely the nails would actually uh, rip and the person would fall off. And so that's why they would nail the spikes into the wrist bones, actually, of the, hu the, the person or just below the wrist so that the person that was hanging on the cross would um, be hanging from the wrist bones and from the muscles and tissues and um, tendons and ligaments that would hold them onto there without it, uh, without them falling away. They would also pierce through. Uh, we have 
we've seen some archaeological evidence of people having their heel bone um, being pierced by nails. And so we have uh, the possibility that Jesus' heels might have been nailed to the sides of the cross. So if you were imagining, imagining like sitting in between a board and having one foot on one side of the board and another foot on the other side of the board and a nail being driven from the outside in through the heel into that board, that might have been the way that Jesus was crucified on the cross. And as they would do this, he would be laying on the ground, the boards would be laying on the ground or the trees uh, that they would have chopped down for this, and they would have laid him on top of these boards with a hole in front of these boards. And as they lifted him up and dropped this crucifix, this, uh, this cross, into the hole, it would have so jolted all the weight of his body against his joints that they would have been pulled out of joint and out of socket. And so with his shoulders now out of socket, possibly his hips being out of socket as well, since this would have been pulling um, pulling his waist, his chest, and his body forward with the forward motion of the cross falling into the hole as well, and his body and his hips dropping suddenly, it might have dislocated his hips as well. So when it's talking about in the book of Psalms, all his bones were out of joint. This was a prophetic psalm that was speaking of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ, and that all of his bones were out of joint. It all in his crucifixion, Jesus fulfilled many prophecies, and then he also, at the end of all this, he calls out to God, quoting from the Psalms, "My God, My God, why hast Thou forsaken me?" And then he, uh, after he takes some vinegar, after the, he uh, they give him vinegar to drink. All, which is also fulfilling a prophecy that they gave him gall and vinegar to drink. He uh, Then he cries out with a loud voice and then yields up the ghost in verse 50. And here we see that the Lord Jesus, he did not die on the cross as normal people died, but he gave up his Holy Spirit once the payment of sin was fulfilled. On that cross, Jesus Christ bore the sins of all mankind for past, present, and future. Man today could not be saved if Jesus Christ did not pay for their future sins. And so it would be wise to understand that because Jesus has paid the price of all past sins to save those in the past and all future sins to save those in the future, when we trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and he has paid the price of our sins, he has paid the price for all sins that we will commit also in the future, even after we are saved. So we do not have to keep ourselves saved because Jesus has paid that price. But understand that when we get saved, we are eternally secure in that fulfilled, complete payment that Jesus Christ has made for our souls on the cross. Now, we also see that when he, after he died, 
Many graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which, which slept arose and came out of the graves after his resurrection, and went into Jerusalem, into the holy city, and appeared unto many people. We see that the, the earthquake shook. We see that the, the, the veil that separated the holy, uh, the holy place from the holy of holies in the temple was rent in two. The holy of holies was where the Spirit of God, when Moses was upon the earth, would meet with Moses and would, would dwell. And the priest was only allowed to enter into there once a year to make an atonement for the people. But now God has ripped from the top down, from his side out, has ripped open the veil, and now has openly opened the, his presence and made it available to all who will come unto him. We also see that uh, the women that were there, Mary Magdalene and uh, Mary, the, uh, the mother of Jesus, and Mary, the, uh, and the mother of uh, James and John was there, and we in a different gospel, we will also see that Jesus is, tells John to take care of his mother, Jesus' mother, Mary. Then we also see that Joseph of Arimathea goes to Pilate, and he asks for the body of Pilate, uh, the body of Jesus. So Pilate gives it to him, and Joseph lays it in a tomb of his own making that he paid for. Now, this was not the end of the story. This is just the beginning of the story. And we also see that now the priests, they come to Pilate separately, and they want him to make sure the tomb, which means and seal the tomb. So the Roman soldiers would go, and they would keep a watch there. And they would, if any of them would sleep, they would take turns and take shifts sleeping so that the others would be awake, keeping a watch all the time, at least one or two people awake at all times. And when they slept, they had to sleep with their head close to or just against the very stone that they were trying to keep sure and keep secure. For this sealing technique, they would use hot wax and ropes and would write signs or uh, signets upon the tomb showing that it has been sealed with an official seal and so that to break that seal meant uh, punishment and meant that it was... Uh, it was broken. Now, when we see, when we look at the next chapter tomorrow, we'll see the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is such an amazing story that we can know exactly what happened to our Savior on the day that he died, and then three days later when he rose out of the grave. It's an exciting Bible reading, and I'm looking forward to it. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I know it's been a blessing to me. We didn't start with prayer, so I'm going to end with prayer tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless the readers. Please bless the listeners that have followed along. Please give them faith and trust in you, Lord. Help them to acknowledge that you, Lord Jesus, are God, and that you alone can save. Help the readers, help the listeners, I pray, Father, to get your message you have for them out of today's Bible reading. Please lead us and guide us in your truth, Father. Help us to make this our regular time with you each day and to grow in our walk with you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. Thank you, Father. Amen. Once again, thank you for joining me tonight with the Walk with God podcast. 
please let me know if you have any prayer requests or praise reports, and I'll be sure to look for those. You can email me at wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those. God bless you tonight, and have a good day as you walk with God. And I'll see you tomorrow for the next